Hi, and welcome to Talking to Artists, a casual weekly conversation where artists share their inspirations, process, challenges, and business ideas to give art lovers and aspiring artists a peek behind the curtain. I'm Kate Taylor, full-time Canadian artist and your host today. Thanks so much for joining us. Good morning, and welcome to another episode of Talking to Artists. Talking to Artists is, you know, as you know, is designed for uh, not only for artists and wannabe artists, but also for art collectors that want to understand a little bit about what's going on behind the scenes. So this week we have Nora House from PI Fine Arts, and so she's going to talk about, as an artist, how do you actually approach galleries? What do you have to do? What's the right way to approach them? How do you make sure the gallery is a right fit for your work? And from the other end, how do collectors now start to continue to build their collection in this time of COVID where a lot of the art shows are canceled, a lot of galleries have limited hours and either are by appointment only. But of course, there's the whole influx of digital art galleries and a lot of traditional art galleries now have a really robust online platform. So we're going to talk a little bit about that as well. My name's Nora. I'm the showroom manager here at the Toronto PI Fine Art Showroom. We're at and just to confirm, she's wearing a mask because she actually is in the gallery right now. So obviously very COVID safe. Protocols. Yes, yes, I, I have a mask on. I am in the showroom. You'll see the space behind me if you're watching. If you're listening, I'm right in the space with all the action. You may see some people walking by. <laughs> cool. It's like live TV, yeah. <laughs> reality TV. <laughs> in the middle of the, of the art action. Um, yes, right. <laughs> yeah, so I, I work here in the showroom. We do custom framing, custom printing, have original art. We do custom mirrors. We work with uh, both trade and retail, work with collectors. So, uh, yeah, it's, it's a busy place. And, you know, we've been kind of moving, moving with all of the changes that have been happening in, in this, this new world. So, uh, yeah. And yeah. how long has, so PI is located on Caledonia in Toronto near in sort of the design kind of district. How long has PI been around for? So PI has been around for over 40 years. We have been in this location uh, between 10 and 15. We've been in this spot for quite a while. And the business has really expanded over the decades, you know, starting by, you know, c connecting with a few artists selling poster art, then moving into custom framing, hospitality projects, working with trade accounts all over Toronto, all over the world. So they've gained uh, a lot of growth and success over the years. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's interesting. I don't know if I ever told you, but about two years ago, I got, I got a call from a designer in the U.S. Uh, wanting to know if I did prints. And I said, well, you know, I'm kind of always thinking about it. She goes, well, we work with uh, PI Fine Arts. Have you heard of them? I'm like, yeah, they're like down the street, right? And yeah, yeah, they're, they're in Texas or something. Yeah, yeah it was pretty cool. Mm -hmm. Nice, nice. <laughs> so maybe we can talk a little bit about, about as an artist, obviously, you, are, you curate your collection. You kind of take a, a close look. And I know even from working with you, there's pieces that you know, I may have done that I'm super excited about and you're like, hey, that's cool, but it's not the right time of the season. Or, you know, you have kind of a vision of what's coming up because you're really tapped into the designer community as well. Do you want to maybe talk a little bit about how you find your artists or what that yeah. process is about? Yeah, absolutely. So we find our artists in a variety of ways because 
we have been a part of the community for some time now. We do have uh, a lot of artists reaching out to us directly with submissions, you know, sending their website, letting us know that they're interested, sending JPEGs, letting us know what they're working on. And then, uh, you know, we assess those um, throughout the year based on what we need. We also usually find a lot of our artists from Artist Project every year. That's, um, that's a big event that, uh, that we all love to go to, usually myself, and the rest of the showroom consultants go together and members of our art department go as well and we all kind of scope out the scene and we speak to artists we often see a lot of our own artists there of course so mm -hmm. it's also just a good a good way to continue networking with them and, and see like the new pieces that they're working on and we collect business cards and then we meet together and we and we share and we decide on you know what we think is going to work for our space for our curatorial plan and for our clients as well, what our clients are looking for. So is it one of those things where an artist has to be in the right place and you sort of find them or do artists reach out to you directly? And if that's the case, what, would, what advice would you give for artists to be more successful in terms of kind of, I guess, getting accepted with, for representation? Yes. So when an artist reaches out to me with a submission, and we do get quite a few of those, we, we get submissions quite often. Some things that I look for are an established web presence. So, you know, you, you have a website, you, you have an active Instagram, you have professional photos of your artwork. There's information about pricing and sizing available. If I, if I reach out to the artist directly, you know, they're prepared to talk about pricing. They're prepared to send their, their CV and, you know, speak about, speak about materials, speak about their, their process with confidence. Another thing I, I look for is at PI, we do have a price cap on originals of about 5K. So I am mm. looking for originals that are going to fit into that price point. And then we're also often usually looking for quite quite large sizes. So um, I'll take you on a, a little bit of a tour at some point, but our space, our space is quite, is quite big. And yeah. Well, I know, and I know I did, uh, I think it was last, actually like about a year ago, and I had that one kind of primary wall. We had talked about doing a show, so I did all 36 by 36s, so, because I thought they'd be really nice, kind of that linear. And I remember when they got hung, they were like, wow, they look so small. <laughs> they're big. And then your place is so beautifully light and bright. And it's such a lot of space. And you can step back so far from the art, which is really nice. But I'm like, whoa, next time I think I better go larger. <laughs> yes, yes, exactly. And we receive that comment quite often, especially with, with that front wall. Because our, our front wall is, is huge and it does have beautiful light. But it can be deceiving as far as the size, you know. And, and actually, that, that can go the other way, too. Because... Someone can think, you know, when they look at a piece on the front wall, like, oh, like, this size is perfect for my home. But then they get into their home and it seems huge kind of thing. You know? <laughs> yeah, which um, is kind of the opposite of what I usually find, because I usually find people can actually put a larger piece of art in their space than they think they can. So you've done the reverse. <laughs> right, right, exactly. But yeah, so we are looking for larger sizes. So 60 by 40, 48 by 48, 40 by 40. That, that is usually kind of an ideal range note to self that's what i should be working on right now <laughs> yeah. that being said we do have a little section of our original section in the space for for minis for for mini originals so like six by six ten by ten twelve by twelve 
And I do find that those have had some popularity as well, but it's kind of like someone needs to be specifically looking for that, needs to work for their space kind of thing. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, so, so sizing is important, the pricing. And then for the, the subject matter, we do, we do like to move, move with the seasons. So represent, you know, color palettes that are, that are trending, um, that designers are asking about. We, we have clientele that something that's really popular with our clientele is uh, abstracts, you know, pops of color. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's good for me. <laughs> yeah. So that's that we're asked about really often people people often in their in their home have kind of you know more of a neutral color palette and then they want to bring the color in in the artwork and in the accessories and that's where they choose to bring that to bring that pop into the space so color abstracts sizing price point and you know your work well represented in, on the web good, having a good web presence so it's just one quick question, because this is something that always gets talked about with artists is, and especially now it's super critical, is whether or not artists, like you're talking about pricing and artists being kind of open disclosure with their pricing. So is your recommendation that artists should put pricing on their websites? Like I know obviously the, the rule of thumb is that, you know, a piece of art is the same price no matter where you get it from, directly from the artist or from the gallery. And, right. you know, as an artist gallery relationship, that's a partnership that you know, you can't go rogue and change your pricing and undercut your gallery partners, which I think is also a critical part to that relationship, like understanding what the gallery does for their, you know, 50%, right? Like there's a lot of work that goes into that. Yes. Um, but the, so the question I had is, because it always comes up, is whether or not should artists put pricing on their websites or should they not? Right. That's a really great question. And you definitely see, see both happening with a lot of consistency. I, I don't think that I don't think that you have to have the the pricing on your website, but I think it's it's important to be prepared to prepared to talk about it and prepared to to have that consistency in pricing that you were just talking about across the board. Right. I mean, for my purposes, from a curatorial point of view, I do like to see the pricing because it it makes my job easier. You know, you know, of of gathering the information faster. Basically, like I, I love this artist. Like that's the size I need. That's the style I'm looking for. And yes, does the price point fit with what I'm looking for? Sort of thing. Exactly. So I, I guess you know, it, it depends. It depends on it depends on what you're going for as an artist and what kind of gallery you're you're looking to participate in. Something I'll think sometimes if I don't see the pricing there is like, oh, this is going to be really expensive. <laughs> <laughs> so yes, it, you could do yourself a disfavor then. <laughs> yeah, it, exactly. That and that's coming like that's coming from my point of view as far as like trying to plan a space and needing to hit certain certain price point marks, kind of thing. Yeah, yeah. And you know, it's interesting. I find it's interesting too. With uh, you know, it used to be as an artist, you have your obviously your information on your website. You do an outdoor show, or you have working galleries, and you track where that work is and where where it is. Mm -hmm. And with shows too, like if it doesn't sell in one show, you bring it kind of to the next show, right? Like, which makes sense. I'm finding now though, with not having shows, but anything being online and the galleries being online and the, the goal to kind of like start to sell online, have your own e-commerce sites, like you are now kind of forced to because of shows that you used to do in person are now online. It's a little bit of an inventory management nightmare, I have to say, like yeah. to really make sure that, I mean, 
you know, I consider myself a fairly prolific artist, but I just can't keep up these days. And then, because you have so many pieces in so many different places, and then to try and make sure you don't, of course, sell the same piece twice, which would be horrible. Right. <laughs> right. Absolutely. Yeah. And, you know, your, like, social and web presence, like, does have more importance now, you know, in, in this, new, this new world. I keep on referring to pre-COVID as the before time. <laughs> yeah, the olden days. <laughs> the, the, the olden days. Because it seems like a long time ago. <laughs> it, it sure does sometimes. Yeah, but it, yeah, it, it, I think it makes artists and galleries, arts organizations need to have more focus on, on their online presence um, and kind of like, like a, new, a new lens on it as far as, you know, how can we continue to reach our clients, our collectors, our artists in a way that makes them feel like, you know, we're still really connecting because I yeah. think like some of the most moving experiences that, that we all have with artwork is, is when we see it in person or when we see it with other people to see the details in person, to see, to see the texture. So it, that's, you know, created, created some, some new challenges. You know, the, the new world makes it so that um, it's harder to see artwork in person, which is so important as far as, you know, in inspiring us to, uh, to move forward with a purchase and to, you know, to learn more about the, the process, to see the texture, to see the brush strokes, uh, to be able to stand back from it, but then go up close, you know. Yeah, well, it's, it's interesting because I always find that one of my personal challenges for my work is that it doesn't, no matter how well and how professionally I have it photographed, it doesn't really show as well online as it does in real life. And I don't know how many times people have come to it. They like the work, they come to a show and they're like, oh, I didn't realize you could see the wood grain. And I'm like, that's a key part for me, right? So I'm yeah. kind of struggling with how to kind of communicate that and educate people that that's what it is when you can't see it that well yes. um, kind of online. Mm -hmm. And so I see a lot more artists doing art demos and things like that, I guess, to try and recreate that experience, which of course is never as good as being in person. Yeah, it's like, it, it's a it's a real challenge because that is an important part of the art industry and, and the design industry too. Like, you know, seeing the colors and the textures and the fabrics in person, how they, they all work together. Yeah. Involvement with your project, you know. Mm -hmm. something, something we have done um, kind of along the lines of what you just said about demos and that kind of thing to, to try to pivot in that space is by including more videos of our space and of the artwork on our Instagram and on our website. So on our Instagram, you know, we're, we're trying to have more videos where like we go up close to the print or the artwork and go around the edges you know, have like a, a shot of the piece and then have, you know, detail shots of the piece to kind of, you know, shorten that distance between us and the Yeah, client. well, and putting it in a situation too, because I mean, the other thing is if you just see a square picture on Instagram, it's kind of hard to get a sense of the scale. You yeah. know, and even though you say it's 36 by 36, I think people still have a bit of a challenge kind of taking that and visualizing that in their space versus, you know, some artists hold their art and some artists will put it in a room setting or whatever, which I think must help collectors to kind of just visualize it in their space a little bit. Yes, yes, absolutely, absolutely. Another thing I often recommend as far as imagining the size of something is to, um, to put the size you're considering up on the wall with green tape. And, yep. and even just, you know, leave it up for an hour, come in and out of the room, and see how, how it's feeling balanced on the wall. Yeah, well, and what I do, which I'm sure you guys do as well, is um, I will ask clients to take green tape and put a 12 inch by 12 inch square on their space. And then I can use Photoshop to superimpose 
pieces that they like in different sizes. And, and that helps a lot because there was one I did recently and she was pretty sure she wanted, you know, like a, I think it was a 24 by 48 in this really large hall. And I'm like, it's going to kind of die. Like you're not, you're spending money on a piece of art. You're not really going to see because it's not really the size for the space. Right. Right. So right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And by seeing it visually, it was, I mean, it was very obvious. I didn't have to say anything. It was obvious to them too. That was kind of like, okay, yeah, that's not the right size. It's not going to have the impact that we're looking for. Mm-hmm. Yes, absolutely. It can be hard to imagine sometimes without seeing it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, and I even find that fact, even when you, when clients and art lovers come to things like the artist project or some, especially the outdoor art shows where you're kind of also dealing with, because of the nature of being outside, some of the pieces aren't straight and the wind is going and you also have a lot people a lot in the booth at the same time and I've got a lot of color but you know there's there's a lot there there's a lot of energy and I said you know it's hard to isolate one picture or one painting when you've got so many else around them too which is you know kind of a challenge within an indoor space which is nice when you can go into some place like PI because you've got that white walls and you can isolate one piece from all the others a little more easily yes absolutely like you can you can really see it and the same kind of thing with being able to stand far back from it that, that you've mentioned you know like you just you can take it in more i think yeah mm-hmm. well and uh, yeah i just wanted to mention one more thing too because i do think it's you know it's really important to i know artists who are very much like i'm very much gallery focused i have good relationships with my galleries i really treasure those relationships that said i also sell independently because this day these days day you kind of have to but I know other artists who are not, you know, they choose to go the purely the independent route. Mm-hmm. And I think that it's important as a, as a gal, as an artist with gallery representation to help also you guys promote the gallery and promote the work that's in your gallery. And on my website, if a piece is, is only available through PI or mountain galleries or whatever, then I always tag that. So that that's where people know where to go. Mm-hmm. So I think those are other things that I feel like artists can do to help support that relationship. It's kind of like a marriage, you know, if one person's carrying all the weight, it doesn't work very long, you know, it yeah, has to be a balance. And, and, you know, we might as well like grow awareness and, and use both of our contacts to, to help each other and yeah. to, to bring collectors who are interested in your work, like to, to other places where they can find it or, or similar artwork. Yeah. Mm-hmm. The other thing I want to talk about, which I think is kind of really interesting with uh, PI is because my uh, sister is represented with PI as well, Helen yes. Utzel, but she works in the prints area. And I remember it was interesting because we were going through the prints catalog and there's, of course, a lot of really beautiful work. And she's like, I don't see my work there. Like, maybe I forgot to send a JPEG. Maybe something went wrong. And then we met, met with the print, pe- print uh, team there. And it was interesting to me that you kind of take it and you color balance a little, little bit based on what the current trends are and what designers are looking for. So, Mm -hmm. and I mean, and her contract did say that you could do that. So it wasn't anything above, like different than what she was expecting, but it was kind of interesting to see, I think from an artist's point of view, how the work is modified for a design kind of client, which is different from someone who's looking for original art. Yes, yes, absolutely. So often when a designer comes in looking for art, working on a project, they, they already have a lot of their decisions in place um, as far as color selection, fabric selection, what they're mm-hmm. looking for in a piece of art, what they want it to, to bring to the room as far as a feeling, a style, a pop of color. So, so because of that, the customizations in color that are available through prints are, are really appealing to them because it, it means that they, they can take something and then have it suited to exactly what they already know they, they need. So they, they want to have uh, they want to have like a little bit of a blush color or, or they're looking for a certain size, a certain feeling. And that way they can take something and make it 
exactly what's needed. Whereas I think with uh, with original art, I mean, of course, it is what it is. Like like this is the piece, this is the size, and, and this is what you're going for. But it's a little bit more like you see something and you fall in love with exactly that. And yeah, it's a different relationship. Yeah, it, there's I, yeah. I, like maybe like more emotion involved in, in the purchase, in the process. <laughs> yeah, and I think that it's kind of, it's always interesting. And I think, again, you have to, as an artist, let go a little bit of the control of your piece if you choose to go that direction. I know some people choose not to do prints and I'm, I'm on the fence just because I haven't really actually got my shit together to actually do anything more than anything. (laughs) But, but it definitely is one of those things I think too, with, with fine art, there's a, there's a visceral emotional connection to the piece of art. And I even find this with some people who want fine art. And when I talk to them, I realize, no, you're really just, you want decor for your house. You want something that's going to match. And there's nothing wrong with the reality is, is matching an art piece of art to some of your color palette because it's probably already a color palette you have. Mm-hmm. But uh, I remember doing this one thing. He's like, I just want like 10 pieces. And it's like, you know, we've been working on this for like two weeks. It's taking too long. I just want it done. And it's just yeah. like it was a huge light bulb for me because I'm like, he's not an art collector. He just wants his yes. house decorated. <laughs> like, it doesn't really matter if it's mm-hmm. fine art or if it's prints, you know, from Walmart. But the reality, of course, is he had a nice house, so he didn't want to, he didn't want prints. But it was just a very interesting insight for me to kind of understand who your buyer is and what they're looking for. And as an artist, are you okay with that? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And sometimes artists, like if they decide to go with the print route, they choose a certain, you know, certain collections to do that with. And then they, re- they reserve some other, some other collections for original art only right. to kind of like separate those things for themselves. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. So would you say at, at PI, are, are most of your clientele designers or clients or? Most of our clientele is trade, uh, interior designers, decorators, architects, working on projects in the hospitality industry, a lot of residential, commercial. So, so basically, like when, when they come in, they, they already usually have an idea of, of what they're looking for. You know, sometimes they'll come in just to take a look around, get inspiration, get ideas flowing. But they often already know a few things about like the size they need, the feel, the colors. We do also work with, with retail clients. We're, we're open to the public in that way as well. And, you know, I, I find it's almost the reverse. As far as like an overall trend, of course, like there's all, uh, all different people out there looking for different things. But I find the retail clients are, are more kind of looking for what captures them, you know, looking more at what, what they're drawn to, that kind of thing, as far as um, purchasing original art. Right. Yeah, we have a bunch of questions, but of course I've lost some of them because they were, I wanted to listen to what you're saying. So. Oh, yes. <laughs> sorry, this is always the hard <laughs> no, part. No, I get so engaged in the, in the conversation, I forget to look at the questions, but sorry yeah, about that. Um, do you want to, can you give us a bit of a tour maybe of the studio, of the yeah, gallery? Absolutely. That'd be okay. fun. So I'm going to take you with me here. And maybe I'll turn the camera around and I'll just- Yeah, that'd be cool. We're walking around. And any piece of advice as you're talking through for either collectors Um, trying to look for a piece or trying to identify a piece for their space? Here we go. So where I was sitting here was, it's, uh, it's called our pod section. So we have computers back there for the clients to use. We have some examples a custom print and frame. 
we have this very helpful sample wall here that shows off the different ways you can go about doing a custom print. So we had been talking about, you know, artists who specifically go the print route and how there's lots of ways you can customize from there. So at PI, you can print on paper, on canvas, metal, wood, and this kind of shows off the different ways you can you can do that and the, the look it's gonna give. So this is a print on our matte paper, which has a smoother finish. Um, this one below is a print on watercolor paper, which has a little bit more texture to it. You can do this deckled edge on it that you're seeing there, or you can do something more alternative, like, like doing a print on metal. We can also do cool things like cut it into a circle like that, gives it more of an industrial feel. Do a print on wood. And then it also shows off, you know, some of the custom framing directions you can go into. If we then kind of look at the rest of the space, just to kind of give you a pan here, and you can see it's a huge space. There's lots to see. Often the first time you come visit us, you want a little bit of time to just, you know, look around and yeah. explore the different options. So if we go down this way, you'll see these bins here. So we have a few labeled abstract here. These are print samples. And these are more examples of prints that can be customized. So they can be printed on metal, canvas, they can be custom framed. And the same thing with these bins going down this way, also divided by category. So uh, landscape, floral, all kinds of different lovely options there. Wait, we actually have a question from an artist and she's got I guess she does a lot of works on paper. And are you able to then take that, scan it, and print it onto canvas? Yes, absolutely. So, so we, can scan, we can scan the artwork. We want to have a high-resolution file to do that. And then it can be printed on canvas. And we have a few different options for prints on canvas. There's regular canvas, textured. You can do a gel application on top of that. Mm. It can, of course, be custom-framed so many different ways you can go about doing it here we have some examples of prints on oh actually sorry we have another question yeah <laughs> we basically want, i think people want to understand what the website is yeah so sure. you're at pifineartscom uh, and then is there a different one for the print print area sorry sorry i missed that part what was sorry what, what did you say? Um, sorry we had just had a we've had a number of people ask for your website so i just uh and oh. i am losing you a little bit i don't know if my it's my reception or yours but your website is PI Fine Arts. PI, I'll post the website. I think she's going to move. That'd be great. And if you can maybe move back to where you work, because I think we're losing your reception a little bit. Okay, okay. Huh. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> One day it'll be perfect. <laughs> and by then we'll be back in person again. We won't need it anymore. <laughs> right, right. Um, what about now? Is this better? Yeah, it's better. Okay, right. I see there. So PIfineArt.com is for the showroom and PIcreativeArt.com is for prints. So uh, exactly. the person who's asking the question is Beatrice Douge and she, she's actually a Montreal artist and we're both part of the Copley Society of Artists. So kind of crazy oh, to in Boston to meet a Canadian artist <laughs> if she reaches out to you. <laughs> Sorry about that. Didn't mean to sidetrack you. <laughs> oh my gosh. No, no worries at all. I, I want to. And how, how, big, how big can you print these pieces? So uh, we, we can go quite big. There's almost, there's almost no limit. So for prints on paper, you can do a 50 by 50. You can do a 60 by 60. Prints on canvas, same kind of thing. 
You can also bring the size out with the framing to do by bringing the matting out or, you know, choosing a frame that has more width. So you, you can go quite oversized. So down this middle section, we have more examples of, uh, these are prints on paper that have been custom framed, lots of different framing options. I have a good example of a print on canvas over here because we just had that question about print on canvas. So here's an example of a print on canvas in a black floater frame. And I'll come, you can see the details here. These are- oh, Yeah, that's cool. Uh, yeah, absolutely. So that's a print on our regular canvas and frame hiding a bit there, but in the sides, if you wanted to go. I think we're losing you. I think you might have to go more to the front of the gallery. Are you Nora, me? yeah, I think, we're, I think we're losing you a little bit. Yeah, one of the, one of the things yeah, one of the things I would love to sh you to show is one of the things I think is really cool as an artist who shows at PI is mm -hmm. when you get your own little uh, niche where you kind of have a little, I don't know if it's like maybe 10 by 5 or something like that for certain artists, oh, yeah, which I yeah. think is also a really great way to showcase. Absolutely. Okay, here I'll show those. Hopefully I don't lose you again. <laughs> I hope um, not. Okay, so here is a vignette. Um, here's a vignette where we're featuring one of our original artists. So this is Darlene Koo, same artist whose mask I'm wearing. So she has this beautiful piece in a circular shape, which is really cool to see. We've had a lot of comments about this piece. And it's in this beautiful little vignette here. I'll show you another one. This is our originals section. Here we have a beautiful artist named Brienne Burnell who some of you might know, featured here on this wall and then on the back wall there as well. And when we are featuring our artists, we always hio of them. Another original artist that we have represented in a vignette is this one here. So this is Stephanie Fehrenbach. She's a beautiful abstract floral painter and then we have this in a vignette with uh, some gold mirrors, tabletop pieces. Kind of helps you imagine it in a space. Yeah. Really beautiful details on that. Oh, it's lovely. So what I'm seeing is kind of, it's, it's quite, there's quite a, almost something for everybody, really. Yeah, absolutely. From a collector's point of view and also from an artist looking to potentially approach you point of view. Absolutely, yes. Uh, one more print. One more print question. So I think people are really interested in quints, prints. Do you will you do kind of like a one-off print for a specific client? Yes, absolutely. So if we are doing a one-off print for a client, what we need is the high-res file sent to us, so we can make sure that the quality is going to be uh, exactly what you need for the size you need, and then we can print on any of those substrates I mentioned. Do you actually scan the prints? Like, do you, or do you scan, like if I brought in an original painting, do you scan it? Is that part of what you would do and then print them? Or you, are you looking for us to provide? We're losing you again. Sorry, I don't know if it's me or you. Cost. Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> the connection. Yeah, I don't, it could be are, my are connection too, but I'm sitting in one place. I'm sitting here. I'm here. Are you there? I'm here. <laughs> okay, good. Me too. Oh, no. <laughs> Yeah, so I was just saying, we do offer uh, scanning services as well if you need us to scan and print something for you. And are you only, do you only do wall art or do you also represent uh, sculptural work? 
Uh, we, we do have some sculptural work as well, but it's not something that we focus on as much. It's not something we have as much interest in. So we're open to working with sculptural artists, but our focus is on wall art. Okay, that yeah. makes sense. Yeah. Okay, maybe I'll show you, hopefully the connection stays good. I just want to show you the front wall that we, that we mentioned as well. Yeah, that'd be great. There's our beautiful front wall. Right now we do have prints up. So these are prints on canvas in floater frames and kind of a champagne color. These are 40 by 60. And then we do often feature original artists here as well. It's really great natural light, uh, wonderful for photography of your artwork. Yes, that's what I found too. <laughs> I went and I photographed everything. It's like, oh, oh I'm yes. photograph if I take it in here. <laughs> It's, it's always great to have natural light, and, and this is kind of like the perfect spot for it. And there's another view of the front wall, and then how it opens up into the space there. Yeah, yeah, it is a, it's a great space. It is, it is, yes. And here's reception. <laughs> there's Amy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, excellent. Mm -hmm. So, personal question for you, Nora. What kind of art do you have in your house? Oh, so... I have actually started collecting from local artists. I've been collecting some pieces for the last, I'd say three to five years. So I have, I have some pieces by, by friends uh, of abstract pieces, kind of like unusual uh, portrait work that has kind of a surreal edge to it. I have a piece by Tony Taylor, you know, Tony Taylor, yeah. kind of, for those who don't know, like, you know, playful, political winks kind of thing, uh, small pieces on wood. Yeah, I, I, like, I like stuff that has a little bit of humor to it, um, a, a little bit of an edge. I also, uh, I love custom framing my pieces. You know, working here at PI where we do a lot of custom framing, I, it's just an art form that I absolutely fell in love with. And I, I saw from learning more about it how it can really elevate uh, a piece of art and how you can then uh, appreciate it more too because often if we just have our prints on paper and we, and we don't go the extra step to, uh, to frame or mount them, th then we don't get to appreciate them the way we, I think, really want to. So Yeah, they sit in a drawer for 20 years with exactly. the intention of framing them. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. We've had so many appointments where you know, someone brings in some prints that they haven't even looked at that are in a roll um, for 10 years and, and, you know. Guilty. Yeah, yeah. And, and then, you know, <laughs> the mountain you frame them, then you're like, oh, wow, I, I can actually look at it now. <laughs> yeah. Well, and I, I have some specific pieces I can remember because when you travel and you buy art, obviously it, it makes more sense to buy works on paper and they're rolled and stuff like that. And it just, I'm thinking of them now. And even if I got them framed, I don't actually know if I have room for them now because they're pretty big pieces right so right right yeah it's like you almost need to rotate them in your home the way you would in a gallery like like seasonally yeah. kind of thing you know you switch out the living room piece for for the winter one <laughs> yeah yeah I always I like that conceptually but uh living in a house in Toronto I don't have enough storage to put those extra pieces in so if I have it it's on the wall <laughs> it stays fair on the wall enough. fair enough <laughs> So are there any other tips that maybe you can uh, give to collectors? Like I think, again, one of the classic questions I get asked, because uh, sometimes I'm forced to hang my own work, which I don't love doing because I'm always terrified I'm going to damage a client's walls, is, uh, is things like height. Like what's the, what's the preferred height to hang art? 
Oh, that's a, that's a really great question. I find that people often hang their artwork too high on the wall. A good reference to go off of is um, if you're hanging above a couch, very often we, we have people looking for a piece for above their couch, is to go about three to yeah. five inches above the couch. And that okay. often is, um, it's lower than what people expect, but that, that is often what looks more balanced. If you start to go too high, then you're not able to appreciate it as much. And another kind of general guideline that I go by is, uh, is your eye line when, when you're standing. You want your eye line to kind of meet about the center of the artwork when you're standing up. Yeah. <laughs> we just, uh, I have to tell you a funny story because that's, that's what I told my son. So he was hanging pictures in his, their new apartment in Vancouver, right? And we're like, oh my God, Mitchell, that, those paintings are way too high. He goes, no, they make sense to me. I'm like, yeah, but you're six five. <laughs> you know, that's the center of eye line for you at six five is really way too high for the average person. So, I guess it depends on how tall you are in terms of where the yes, center point yes, of your right. eye is and who else is living in the house. <laughs> right, you, like you need to go with someone who's maybe like about five ten. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> okay, well, I think this has been uh, this has been really great, really informative. I think we kind of hopefully covered off for collectors, how they can kind of engage with PI and some tips on how to build your art collection and how to hang it and what to look for and how to frame it. And for artists as well, interested in potentially moving into the area of prints, but also for artists like me, who you only represent me for fine art. Mm -hmm. And there's obviously kind of a place for that too. So absolutely. Is there anything else you want to say that we forgot to mention? No, I mean, we covered so much. I just really appreciate coming on to talk to you today about, about all this art stuff. <laughs> well, and thank you for your candor and all your information. Some of, that, some of that stuff is kind of hard to try and find information these days, although there seems like we're always surrounded by information. But mm -hmm. it's been really great to, talking to you, Nora. Thank you. Thank you so much. And I will hopefully pop in soon and uh, deliver some more work. <laughs> yeah, I hope to see you soon. Okay. okay. <laughs> Sounds great. Thank you so much. Thank you. Okay. Bye-bye. Right. Okay. Thank you so much. That was really uh, so much information. I almost felt I probably should have done it in two different podcasts, but uh, there's just, it was, it's great to be able to have some candid conversations as artists to know how to approach some of these organizations. If you missed any of the information, this will be on my uh, IGTV at, at Kate Taylor Art. It's also on my Facebook page and it's also posted or will be posted on my YouTube, which is youtube.com slash Kate Taylor art so that you can listen or peruse it at your enjoyment. Next week we have artists in Canada, which is an organization that helps to elevate Canadian artists and helps put a focus on Canadian artists. So I hope you will join me for that. And thank you so much for your time today and we will see you a week from today. Same bat place, same bat channel. <laughs>